Radically Poised Segment 3. COVID Vaccine. Should we take it? Lately, I've been pretty glued to news channels whenever I have some free time, and of course, the topic of COVID, no matter what other political upheavals are happening around us, is always prominent. At a town board meeting I recently attended through Zoom, I listened to prominent Massachusetts politicians state they were going to take the COVID vaccine to set an example for the community, that it was the responsibility of those in power to encourage the use of this vaccine. Despite that, despite President-elect Joe Biden getting his vaccine on live television, despite the announcement of Queen Elizabeth II in her 94 years of age taking the vaccine, amongst other celebrities and prominent members of society, I could not help but be skeptical. I do believe in science, but the fact of the matter is vaccines usually take 10 to 15 years to fully develop and be 99% safe for us to use. One of the prominent reasons for that being... We need to understand what long-term side effects can result from these vaccines. In any case, I had been exposed to COVID-19 due to a series of unfortunate events, including my parents becoming infected from work and public exposure to locations where the general public just refused to wear masks. And despite all of that, I never became infected so I felt maybe I was one of the lucky few that wouldn't need a vaccine. Maybe I didn't even need to think about it either. But then my mom came home and told us after a day of work that her job is offering to give employees the COVID vaccine, since she works at a podiatry office. And then I realized I could not avoid the topic of whether or not people should take the COVID vaccine. Because... All of that isn't about me. It was about those at risk and the people that we care about around us. Now, as I've mentioned, my parents had been struck with COVID, something my mother described as the worst feeling she had ever felt in her entire life, to the point where she believed, and I mean she truly believed, she could have died. She stayed in a hospital for two weeks, receiving two plasma treatments. Prior to that, she would encounter the most overwhelming sensation that she could not breathe, which got so bad she would have to walk outside to try and breathe the cold air, which at that time was below 20 degrees. She was wearing nothing but her PJ shorts and a tank top. It was definitely a rough time. I personally had never seen her so weak. I never thought my parents would, would die of a disease because they were both so strong. Yet it definitely took both of their bodies through the ringer, most severely for my mother. After that, of course I'm concerned about my mom getting COVID again, so of course the question of is the COVID vaccine safe and should she take it became all the more heavy on my conscience. The concern I know many people have off the bat, including myself, is symptoms. I remember reading an article about a nurse who moments after taking the COVID vaccine instantaneously passed out on live television. And of course, your first thought is, 
hell no, I'm not going to take that. And I'm not going to preach that other people take that. But then after researching it and actually looking into the details of what happened, which honestly doesn't take much effort past a quick little Google search, I found that Tiffany Dover, the nurse who, quote, infamously passed out after taking the COVID vaccine, stated that fainting had always been a common occurrence throughout her life. It was completely unrelated to the COVID vaccine. She actually said, and I quote, I have a history of having an overactive vagal response. And with that, if I have pain from anything, hangnail or if I stub my toe, I can just pass out, she told Channel 3. But of course, most news outlets felt no need to bring up this crucial information. Because as I've said in the past, the media just likes to cover whatever makes you feel the most. Feel the most panicked afraid, or any other extreme emotion to stir a reaction. My point in bringing all of this up being, most of these little news stories we are hearing about, with having someone have some crazy reaction to the COVID vaccine, have a deeper story to them, and rarely have anything to do with the actual vaccines themselves. This is why it's so important to do your own research and make sure whatever you research has valid credentials. Although there were plenty of valid news articles giving out detailed information on the vaccines, I honestly don't think you need to look any further than the CDC website. But since you're already here, I can break down what the CDC says about our other concerns regarding these vaccines. For one thing, symptoms actually seem quite average in comparison to any other vaccine we've received, such as the flu. A sore arm, maybe some pain in that area, then some chills, tiredness, and headaches. Most sources noted that it's just flu-like symptoms. You'll need some rest afterwards, naturally, but other than that, it's fine. Any extreme reaction to the vaccine is rare, as noted by the data taken thus far and is typically linked to people with other underlying conditions, which is true for every vaccine. Which brings us to the next concern of the COVID vaccine, which is, who should take it? In a perfect world, obviously, we could all receive it and put all this COVID madness to rest. But unfortunately, the vaccine is new, and although it is certified for the majority of the population— There are a few outliers which deserve more thorough and extended testing. For example, pregnant women or women who are presently breastfeeding is a track the COVID vaccine has not yet properly run. So far, there have been no incidents for women who have chosen to take the vaccine under these circumstances, assured by the fact, and I'm emphasizing fact because it needs to be emphasized these days, that vaccines do not, in any case, in any case, affect the genetics of our body. Anyone who's even briefly learned about vaccines knows that their goal is to reach your immune system, where it will make antibodies against the targeted disease, usually by, you know, using a weakened sample of the disease, to ultimately teach your body awareness of how to defend from that disease. Nowhere in there does a vaccine engage with any sort of genetics, 
which is why the CDC and other health organizations allow pregnant women to take the vaccine. Ultimately, though, because no health organization wishes to be responsible for harm caused to any individual, the CDC is honest in that it would prefer to just do some more testing before encouraging pregnant mothers to take the vaccine. Therefore, it just comes down to the mother's choice of whether or not she feels it's worth taking the vaccine. That's one thing that really has assured me throughout this process. It's just the CDC and other large health organizations, they understand the general public's fears. And for that reason, they're really trying to be transparent. We know the information just as soon as they do. Because ultimately, everyone wants to end COVID effectively, precisely to prevent any more deaths. So apart from pregnant women, the only other people identified as people who should reconsider taking the vaccine are people who are already allergic to previous vaccine treatments or those who are immunocompromised, meaning some form of deficiency in their immune system. Similar to the pregnancy situation, there is just an insufficient amount of data to properly claim whether or not the vaccine is safe for those who have issues concerning their immune systems or allergic reactions to the vaccines. And for that reason, it becomes another discretion-is-advised situation for those who are unfortunately in this kind of predicament. There have been scarce tests for those with this specific allergy, and even less for those with immune deficiencies. However, from the few cases in which data was taken, there were no fatalities. I do recall reading that a small portion of people who are allergic to vaccines and took the COVID vaccines did suffer extreme reactions, such as the inability to breathe, temporarily, of course. But as mentioned, there were no recorded fatalities, and all have either recovered or are currently recovering. If you do happen to be one of the people that fall into this minority category and still decide to take your vaccine, it is again at your own discretion. However, the CDC advises that you do consult with your doctor beforehand and ensure that you are put under surveillance in a medical facility equipped to handle any immediate reactions to the vaccine, immediate going as far as four hours post-vaccine dosage. So bring a book, I guess. <laughs> and if you don't fall into this category, as far as our leading health organizations are concerned, you should be perfectly fine to take the vaccine. Now, when I say perfectly fine, I mean enough data has been collected for the majority of our population, including the young and the old, to ensure that the vaccine is safe to take. But of course, it also isn't that simple because another concern, past the safety issue, is who should be able to take the vaccine in the context of the distribution is extremely limited. We know that those who work in healthcare have access to the vaccine, which I feel is a great start because they are not only at most risk of catching this virus, but also at most risk of spreading it to more vulnerable people. But what about everyone else? Well, the answer's kind of been staring us in the face since the beginning. Anyone who's at most risk of suffering fatal reactions to COVID, 
those who are, I know you've heard this before, so I'm just paraphrasing, those who are 50 years or older, those who have diabetes or low blood pressure, those who suffer from obesity or other health conditions which place you in the danger zone. I would venture further to say those who have already had COVID and suffered extreme symptoms from COVID, like my mother, who could have very well died had it not been for the support and treatment of our care facilities. It doesn't take much brain power to acknowledge that after using such monumental energy to stay alive through something like that, your body isn't as strong as it once was. Illnesses take a lot out of us, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So it's important to recognize that if you've already had COVID, it's entirely possible to have it again. And that's the facts. It is possible. So why risk it? If anything, the CDC also encourages those who have already had COVID to not assume they're immune to this. You're not. Consider the vaccine. As for those like myself, who are young and at minimal risk of suffering any severe side effects of COVID or even coming into contact with COVID, I would have to say, wait. And that's touchy, and I know, like, we all should get the vaccine, but honestly, we should reserve the vaccine for those who are at most risk of dying from or spreading COVID, which may include a portion of people my age who, you know, attend schools, who have underlying conditions which could cause them to be more susceptible to fatal symptoms. But for the most part, I believe that the majority of us should wait, the majority of us being the younger ones. I believe the majority of us should wait until those who are at most risk can take it. I do believe that at some point we will be able to take this vaccine, but I just don't feel that we are the priority right now. We have to think about the people we care about, about our parents, about our grandparents, and so on. And in the meantime, while we're waiting for all of this to get to us, you have to remember to take care of yourself, as I hope you're already doing, to remember that you're not invincible, and most of all, Feel that urgency to pressure those who are at risk of spreading or suffering from COVID to seek out vaccine treatment. That progress adds up. It increases society's immunity to the virus. And little by little, we can watch that death toll drop. I do believe once we get past this fear of the vaccine, which I should mention is a fear that reappears every time there is a need for a new vaccine or medication, we will find ourselves a little farther out of the hole which we've fallen into. With all that said, now it's your turn to do a bit of research. I made it easy for you, at least I tried to, by adding a list of links which break down your options such as which vaccine to take. Just so you know, there are two at the moment, the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine, spelled P-F-I-Z-E-R. Hopefully I'm not butchering the pronunciation, I probably am. But also, on these links, you can find what the symptoms are, what to expect before and after receiving the vaccine, where to take them, and ultimately, any other specific questions you may have about the treatment. The list can be found in this segment's description, and I strongly encourage you to use or share this information with those who should definitely consider taking the vaccine those questioning whether or not it is safe, and ultimately, those of you, like myself, 
who wish to protect your loved ones from this deadly virus. So I'm just gonna repeat, these are links that you can just go swipe or click and tap or whatever you're using and read. Take five minutes of your time to read and I assure you that it will address most if not all of your concerns, all of your questions, and maybe even save your life if it convinces you to take this vaccine. Thank you for joining me on today's segment of Radically Poised and please, as always, remember to take care of yourself and others. Have a great Sunday, and I'll see you next week.